Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They'll take care of all your insurance needs. They'll save you money wherever they can, including bundles. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Finney Smith to inbound. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! Two outs, bottom of the ninth inning in Atlanta. 5-3 Phillies in the pitch from Workman. Breaking ball, line towards left field. That's going to be in for a base hit. It's going up the alley. Quinn cuts it off. One run is home. Here comes the tying run to the plate, and he will be out at home plate. Andrew Knapp caught it, and he put the tag on Dansby Swanson, and the game has ended with an out at the plate. To Williamsport uh, crosscutters involved in that one. Roman Quinn, with that speed cutting it off in left center, made a fabulous throw to the cutoff man. And then Andrew Knapp, the former cutter, behind the play with the tag. And then, of course, Luka Doncic with the greatest shot in the history of NBA basketball. <laughs> that was a heck of a throw by DD, too, as the cutoff man. Yeah, it was, but I wanted well to localize play it. Well-executed play overall, yeah. I wanted to talk about the two cutters. So. Oh, of course. Of yeah, course. I wanted to do that. Uh, Didi wasn't a cutter. Maybe in a former life, but not, not in the current life he has. <laughs> All right. Great to have you with us. We're going to talk a little NHL in the final half hour for about 10 minutes or so. Uh, the... Uh, the Bucks did win one twenty-one to one hundred six over Orlando, Houston, and Oklahoma City. Coming up next, um, let's see. The I just want to check out the box score here on this game. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Giannis uh, had uh, thirty-one points, including a Sterling two for six at the free throw line and one for five and three. Oh. 15 rebounds. Middleton at 21. And the Savage Shed had uh, 31 for Orlando. Took 82 shots. No, I'm just kidding. Took 20 shots. That's not that bad. That's actually production pretty good. 6 of 10 and 3s. So Giannis would have been 13 for 16 in twos. Probably most of them layups. Hmm. There you go. So the Bucks win it, lead the series three games to one. Houston leads Oklahoma City 2-1. 
Indiana trying to close out Miami up three games to none, and the Lakers lead Portland two games to one. That is all coming up tonight. Flyers and Islanders tonight at 7, game one. Game two, Dallas and the Colorado Avalanche. Stars won the opener. Toronto, a.k.a. Buffalo, and Tampa Bay 1-1, bottom of the third. The Mets, by the way, get back to playing tomorrow. All right. There were 77 positives in NFL training camps. Like, whoa, that's a number. And guess what? They decided to retest them. And when they retested, they found out they all 77 were false positives. Okay. So, so far in sports, the the NBA's been in a bubble and they've executed it perfectly. I think it's fair to say. The NHL, and I'm sure some of you, well, they're in a bubble. Slow down. Know what you're talking about. Okay, it's always important to know what you're talking about. They are currently in a bubble, one in Toronto, one in Edmonton. Okay, true. But how'd they get there? All of them at training camp in their home cities. Except for an initial outbreak in Tampa, about the same time the Phillies and the Blue Jays had it, remember that? That area was it. The NHL had no home trouble before going to the bubble. Okay. MLS. Bubble in Orlando, sent home Dallas and Nashville. Bubble went perfectly. All the teams headed to their home areas. They've been playing home matches since, including some with fans. They've had no trouble. In fact, uh, Columbus, uh, the Columbus crew hosting uh, New York City Football Club this evening. That's at 7 o'clock. And I, don't, I don't know if there are fans there or not for that. Doubt that. But other parts of the country have fans. They've had no trouble since they went to home sites. Baseball. Oh, it's a huge deal when the Mets have one player and one staffer test positive, so they missed the series with the Yankees. They're going to play tomorrow night. The Reds had one, missed a couple of games, went right back at it. We know about the Marlins, who haven't had a problem since. We know about the Cardinals, they haven't had a problem since. Major League Baseball, for all the negative publicity surrounding the Marlins, essentially, and a little bit with the Cardinals, actually has gone extremely well. Not perfect, but has gone extremely well. I mentioned the 12,000 tests from a week ago. There were four positives. Last week, there was one positive with the Reds, two with the Mets. That's three. That's it. That's it. And this is 2020. With all due respect to people who have to put together statistics, 
I want to know the difference between somebody dying from coronavirus as opposed to somebody dying with coronavirus. Think think about what I just said. There is a difference between dying from coronavirus and dying with coronavirus. There's a huge difference. Right now, they're all just lumped together. I think everybody knows the famous story about the unfortunate motorcycle accident down in Florida. And the autopsy, they found out he had coronavirus, so he got listed as a coronavirus stat. Um, Over here in the back, that didn't kill him. So I just want to know the difference. I want to know. I want to know who died from it and who died with it, because there is a difference between the two. So the NFL had seventy-seven positives. They then retested because of the lab and found out they were all false positives. A relief for the NFL. So that's where we are in the world of sports and college football has been going along in training camp um, not sure when others are going to start hitting I knew when Penn State was scheduled to because these are longer training camps But here we go. Uh, it's uh, so far the NFL's gone. The NFL's been hitting. They've been hitting for a week now. And if they're getting that kind of testing numbers, that's really good. That's really good. If they're getting that those kind of testing numbers. And baseball's been getting really good testing numbers. So that's a plus. The NBA's been dead letter perfect. And so is the NHL. They've all done fine. PGA Tour had a couple early. Haven't had any since. Any word from the suit on the reaction to NASCAR, or excuse me, to IndyCar finishing its signature race at uh, 28 miles per hour. Have not heard a word. It's a little slow, don't you think? Yeah, he's got some things on his plate, though. But I'll try to check in with him. the The guy he picked is still out there racing. It was disappointing. And the problem is he's still out there and still hasn't passed anybody. He got passed by a tow truck. That sounds bad, doesn't it? I mean, that's the guy he picked. 
I guess for him, the, the, the I guess for him, I guess the fortunate part is Will Power didn't win. Not a big Will Power fan. Oh no, definitely not. He hates Will Power like I hate the Cowboys. I didn't know he hated the Cowboys. <laughs> you ever been to that stadium? No, and actually it is on my bucket list, I have to say. Oh, it's quite a place. It is, it is quite a place. Man, I give a lot of credit. Did you see the new SoFi Stadium for the Rams and Chargers? That's pretty similar. That looks pretty massive, too. The only time I was passed there, or the last time I, the last time I was passed there was in January 2017, and it was just, it was, it was, they cleared it out. It used to be Hollywood Park. So the last time I was there was January 2017. It was cleared out. They hadn't really started any construction. When they're all done with that, it is going to be a... Um, a full campus that's going to involve NFL.com, NFL Network. That was one of the appealing items to the proposal was they would build that campus and NFL Network and NFL.com would have a spot. And the stadium looks like it's going to be spectacular. Now the question is once they do allow fans back, what's going to happen with the Chargers? It just, I mean, it's a move that never made sense to me. I don't get it. It's going to look that like fans are still socially distant. Well, but, you know, but that, that market has proven over time they can only handle one team. They've proven it. It's not like New York. where they can handle two teams. And part of it is, and the, part of the reason New York can handle two teams is that they're both long-standing. In this case, you've got two, you know, the Rams coming back, but they've been gone for decades. And the Chargers played one season there in 1960 and played there since. So neither one... Over the last two and a half decades, there was no team there. And I I just I, I just think it's a tough sell. It makes no sense. They needed to cultivate one team in there. And made sure that worked first.
But that's what they're stuck with. They, they allow the Chargers to do it. All right, we'll take a break. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Dick and Milton, I apologize uh, if you were hanging there for a while because we're having a little trouble with the call screen, so I did not know you were there. Welcome, my friend. That's okay, Steve, but I just wanted to ask you, about a week ago, you and your brother, I think somebody else was involved, you were talking about the coronavirus, and he kind of like thought that, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, that the season should just end, and you didn't agree with him. Remember that conversation? Oh, oh, vividly. <laughs> well, so anyhow, so I just heard you go on, on and on about the Major League Baseball and the NFL and the NBA. And I know you're not going to criticize Sandy Barber and Penn State. Do you think that – are you – I kind of listen to – when I'm listening to you, I'm kind of thinking that you think they should still be playing. I could be wrong about but And I guess my, my, my thing is those teams, are, those teams are taking extraordinary precautions that a lot of colleges would never have the funds to do. Well, what were Penn State's testing numbers? I don't know. I'm, my point is that, that there's a lot of colleges that aren't playing football and some that are. But my, my point is, are they going to spend the money that the NFL and the NBA and all these did to keep those kids safe? That's my, that's already, my point. They already were. Penn, State, Penn State's testing numbers are phenomenal. <laughs> and that, my, my issue is not that they shut it down. That's not my issue. All right, my issue, and this is, and remember, I have been extremely consistent on this from day one. I've always said you don't make a decision until you have to. If they went through the next few weeks and it was starting to head south, and they said that's it, I look at them and go, yeah, I got it, I see it. But to me, they I, thought the they made, I thought they made the decision too soon. I wanted to see, okay, now you're going to hit. Do you clear that benchmark? The students are back in class. How do you clear that benchmark? Then you get to finally a game. How do you clear that benchmark? I would like to see the ability that if you hit a benchmark and it's not going well and it's going south, okay, I can understand, shut it down. But if you hit a benchmark and everything's still fine, you keep going. If you hit another benchmark, it's fine, you keep going. Or does it go south? I wanted to see that happen first because the initial benchmark of walkthrough and practice 
Penn State's numbers were zero, 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 zero. I mean, every time I turned around, the football numbers, well, guess, the football numbers were all guess, zeros. I didn't hear. I didn't hear every conversation you had with with Sandy Barber on on the air, and I know you've had several in the last couple of weeks. So, so basically, then, what was their reasoning? Well, she wasn't. She wasn't involved in the vote. Uh, so, yeah, so, but some, no, what, so what was Penn State's reason? Somebody was. Somebody was, but they haven't released what the reasoning was. From what well, we understand, <laughs> yeah, from what we understand, Sandy James and Doctor Barron fought for football. That's 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 what's really come out that they actually did, but others didn't feel the same way, and you can't just be rogue and go on your own. And that's my understanding is the three of them fought for it. So and I guess my other point would be, and I know you're, you're hitting the brake here, is so if they played football, are they going to play soccer, volleyball, field hockey, and everything else then? In the spring. If they had. Spring. That's my point. No, I, no, my point is if they had played in the fall with everybody else, say, well, then we're playing also, we're going to yes. have to play also. That was yes. my point. Every, every, everybody would have played in the fall. Yeah, okay. Everybody would have played in the fall of that decision. My only fault was this, the decision was made too soon. And not only was it made too soon, it was also made at a time where the testing numbers were good. Okay, I kind of listened to you, and I kind of thought that's where you were leading, but I, I don't want to yeah. speak for your mind. I barely speak right. for my mind. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Bye. I, I, bar- I barely speak for my mind. <laughs> but that's my, my only issue is they made it too soon. Like, what? You're making this decision now? All right. Now, when it comes to health and safety, you can always fall back on that. Nobody's going to argue that part of it. But I felt like, and let's just take it from Penn State's point of view, they were getting it done. They were getting it done. The players were doing the right things. The staff was doing the right things. The testing numbers were terrific. And to me, they weren't at the point of thinking about pulling the plug. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business bundles. However, they can save you money and make sure you're insured, they'll do it. Customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Sam Tarkiti joins us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Sam, welcome back. Great to have you with us, by the way. Loved that picture of you and your grandson, James. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. He's my, uh, he's my buddy, so uh, he keeps us going. So he's two, and sometimes I think he's going on 13. But, uh, yeah, thanks for mentioning him. Yep, I uh, know the feeling. I have six of them myself. It's incredible. Uh, it is, it is. No question. Okay, so the Flyers win a playoff series, which they hadn't done in a while. So I know that they want more. You can't be satisfied with one. But what did it mean to the organization just to clear that hurdle to now get to the next round? Yeah, I think it meant a lot, Steve. I think, uh, you know, all year they've been pointing – towards winning their first series since, as you mentioned, 2012. And, and I think it will give them some momentum going into the second round. And and uh, not that they needed any extra confidence, because I, I think they got a jolt of that. Uh, 
you know, from the regular season. And this is a team that, uh, you know, won nine straight late in the year, but they've been the second-best team in the NHL since November 1st. So it's not like they, you know, they just came on at the end of the year and, and were hot at the right time. They've been they've been relatively hot for most of the season. You know, I think the first month was a learning experience. but uh, uh, So they were confident, but I think this helps their confidence. The problem is they're, they're playing a team, the New York Islanders, that are probably their mirror image in the way they yes. play, uh, in confidence level, and they're coming off a very impressive five-game win over Washington. So I, I think this is going to be a long, grueling series, a lot of low-scoring games, a lot of 2-1 type games. Uh, power plays uh, are probably going to you know, be a big factor. I mean, you can say that in almost every series, but I mm-hmm. think it'll be magnified in this series. Sam, what's interesting is the Islanders are in this spot for the second straight year where they won their opening round series in advance. And to me, what's interesting about that is they've done it after trading John Tavares. I wouldn't have thought that was possible, but they seem to be better off for it. Why are they better off for it, even though you and I both know Tavares is a really good player? Yeah, he's a world-class player, no question about it. But I think they, they may have leaned a little bit too much on him, if you know what I mean. Yes. And the scoring is the scoring is now spread out, and, and you have you know three really good lines. When you have a, a guy like Pajot on the third line, you know, a guy you know scores 20 goals a year or more, uh, that's pretty good balance. And then they're re- real strong down the middle with Barzell and, and Brock Nelson and uh, – uh, Bovier has been just incredible. Anthony Bovier, who was drafted uh, four picks after the Flyers picked uh, Travis Konechny. Bovier has got uh, six goals in the playoffs, and uh, you know he's been a big factor. Josh Bailey's been a big factor, and and you know they have other guys like Derek Brassard and and uh, you know just uh, George Eberle, guys that chip in with goals. And uh, so they're well balanced. The Flyers are going to need to get production in this series from guys who have not scored. And you know who I mean, guys like Couturier, who has played pretty well, by the way, but he hasn't, hasn't turned on the red light. Couturier, and, and it's been well documented that uh, Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, um, JVR, and Travis Konechny have not scored a goal in nine postseason games. It's incredible that the Flyers are 7-2 and two in that stretch. You know, without getting much production from those guys, they have chipped in with some assists and some good defensive work. But usually, you need you need goals. That's the name of the game. So they're going to need that from those guys in this series, no question about it. Which then brings up this element: the Islanders are a really good defensive team. How frustrating can they be for a team as talented as Philadelphia when you're going up against a team that has a defensive system as as strong as the Islanders have? Yeah, they, they can be, but I think, you know, the Flyers can also be, uh, you know, the, the oh. same way. I mean, both these teams have tremendous defenses, and, uh, you know, I think the Flyers might have a little edge in the goaltending department, although Barlamov nope. has been incredible for New yep. York during this uh, postseason. But, you know, if, if you're looking for experience, Barlamov is your guy, but if you're looking for a guy – who wants to uh, make a name for himself and show what he's all about, you go with Carter Hart because this guy's going to be around for a long, long time. And he just bested uh, Carey Price, his idol, in round one. Uh, I thought he slightly outplayed Price, and uh, he's got a chance to do the same thing now against another veteran goalie. So to me, these defenses are really close. I mean, uh, 
Uh, the Islanders are very steady on the back end, but so are the Flyers. I mean, you look at the, you know, you have a second pairing of Sanheim and Myers, and uh, Sanheim would be a number one pairing guy on a lot of teams in this league. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and the third pairing, they're not sexy, but Haig and Braun, uh, yep. you know, work out to spare wherever you want to put in there. I mean, they get things done, especially Haig and Braun on the defensive side. They really get things done. And uh, Haig brings that physicality. And uh, the top pairing, Provrove and Niskanen, has been steady all year. I thought Niskanen, went, his play went down a little bit in the first round. They need him to get uh, his level up. Of course, he missed the last game because he was suspended. And sometimes sitting out a game, you know, especially uh, after the grind, uh, can actually help you. So I look for him to bounce back as well. Uh, Hart is, as you mentioned, has been fabulous in that. You know the shutouts he had. Uh, what interested me about the Flyers is I felt in the opening round they showed me the ability to win in a variety of ways. Uh, that to me is always the mark of a really good team. If it's not going well in this area, that's okay. We'll make it up up for it in some other area. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, it's a real good point, and uh, and they've done that with uh, you know with uh, uh, defense. You know the power play wasn't clicking, and and uh, uh, they made up for it in other areas. Their PK has been real steady. Um, you know, and then guys that you didn't expect to produce, like Michael Rappel. Rappel, if you include the uh, the first round, the round robin, uh, you know, he and he missed some time with an injury, but he's got three goals and an assist in five games. You don't really expect that from a guy who's been primarily a fourth liner most of the year. He's moved up to the top line now for some of these games in the last series. But, uh, you know, Joel Faraby has really stepped it up. And, uh, you know, the guys that maybe you weren't counting on uh, are producing. Tyler Pitlick is a, is a you know, tireless worker who, you know, doesn't always show up on the score sheet but uh, as far as goals and assists. But, you look down, he's got five or six hits, and he blocked three shots. And and uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. They, they've picked up uh, and they've won in a lot of different areas. And the Islanders, as I said, they're a mirror image. They've done the same thing. They can play yeah. a physical game. They can play, um, you know, a quick game at times. The Flyers, I don't look at the Flyers as being a fast team, but at times, you know, they can get their, their break going. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a good mixture. And I, I think both these teams have uh, a real good mix. And that's why I expect uh, a long series. Would not be surprised if we went seven games. And I also feel like in some ways the Islanders, who are really good, by the way, have had actually a pretty decent path. Florida and the Capitals, uh, they gave them nothing at even strength. But I also thought it was a pretty good path for them because Washington, to their credit, looked completely disinterested. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They uh, they look like they didn't want to be there, and right. uh, and uh, the Florida series actually surprised me because you know I, I just thought Florida was a better team than it showed in the regular season, and I thought Joel Quenville, uh, I thought that would be a long series, and uh, as you mentioned, the Islanders really uh, did it kind of easily. They wanted the, that was the best of five, of course, and they wanted four games, and and uh, you know Barry Trotz is just. To me, you know, he, he's the best coach in the league, uh, you know, over a long period of time. I think this year, uh, Elaine Vigneault probably did a better job and deserves coach of the year. But if you look at, you know, what he's done for his entire resume, there's nobody better than Barry Trotz. And, 
and you saw what happened with Washington after he won a Stanley Cup and then left. And then you saw the Islanders last year decimated by, you know, free yeah. agent signs and and uh, you know they they were last in the league in defense before Trotz got there, and then they turned around and last year were number one in the league in defense. So it shows you his system uh, is really really excellent, and uh, it's uh, two great coaches going against each other. This series has a little bit of everything, and and the coaches. You know, are, are second to none. So that, it's going to be a game within a game between uh, Elaine Vigno and Barry Trotz. Uh, oh, no, no, no question about that because it's one thing I'll say about Barry Trotz. You look at Nashville, the Capitals, and now the Islanders. Every team he's coached, he's made better. That that yeah. tells you yeah. that tells you everything. Because remember, Nashville started to come on because of him. So, yeah, no question, no question. Real good point with Nashville. Sam, I know that we had a limited time, so I'm going to let you go. Thanks so much for your time. Great as always. Always my pleasure, Steve. Enjoy the game. Yep. Sam Charkidi joining us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back. Great to have you with us on the show today. Yeah, my only point about with the Big Ten decision was I just thought they made it too soon. Now they may be absolutely right, and I may be wrong. I just I would have waited. I would have waited longer. I want to see how all the benchmarks because they were going well, but I want to see see how many more benchmarks they could clear and maybe get to a season. But in the end, I got to focus on what's going on in the spring. And I mean, when I mean spring, I mean spring semester, not playing in March and April. I think you got to play spring semester, and we'll see what concepts they may come out with. Some concepts this week. The uh, NCAA basketball season. Uh, Bucknell, of course, uh, not playing football in the fall, but they've got basketball coming up. And I guess what basketball? They're not playing until after what January one. Does that sound right? Um, well, the Patriot League hasn't made a decision on that yet. It was just well, for good. the fall. It was just for the fall sports, then, so we'll see about let, that still. Well, here are the four options that right now are being discussed by the NCAA. Sources said NCAA Senior Vice President of Basketball Dan Gavitt communicated to conference commissioners late last week the four timelines that are up for discussion. Option number one, and this is my preferred option, Start practices on September 29th. First day of the season would be November 10th. No change. As of right now, that's what I would do. Now, I may may have a different opinion on September 24th or October 24th, but on August 24th, that's the option I would go with. Start practices as you were supposed to on September 29th. First day of the season, November 10th, with no change. Here's option number two that they put out there. First day of practices would be October 9th. Ten days later, and the first day of the season would be ten days later, November 20th. Option number three is to start practices October 14th, opening the season on November 25th, Thanksgiving week. And then the last one is to start practices on October 24th and the first day of the season, December 4th. Those are the four that were communicated to conference commissioners. 
So again, latest option, October 24th, start practice, first day of season, December 4. Option 3, October 14th, first day, November 25th. Option 2, first day, October 9th, first game, November 20th. And then option 1 is where it's supposed to be, September 29th, first day of practice, first day of the season, November 10th. So those are the four that are laid out for basketball. And also the January start option is still on the table. But they say it's unlikely to be seriously addressed until next month. I think they want to really seriously look at these four options. Now, as of today, on August 24th, option one to me is the one. September 29th, first day of season, November 10th, as scheduled. Now, why do I say that on August 24th? Look, by November, by the time we get to October, maybe with flu season kicking in and so forth, we have a different attitude. I have no idea. But on this day, on this day, I wouldn't change any of that. So those are the four basketball options right now. And that's the basketball side of it. So they could play a basketball game before they play football in the Big Ten. Also, what it what, here's the other, and again, let's go back to the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12. If the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are all playing in football in October, and in delayed October, they're going to start the basketball season on November 10th because they're going to have confidence they can do it. And it's not just the NBA. Remember, remember that the uh, in Columbus the basketball tournament they didn't have fans, but remember they played that. They had no incidents there either. Zero, none, nada. It existed. It was five on five basketball. They didn't have any incidents. Nobody left that with coronavirus. So those are the four options they put out there for college basketball. And those are the four models that they're looking at. A vote on the season start date is scheduled to be made by September 16th by the Division I Council. Now, before that happens, the oversight committees for men's and women's basketball... Um, they have to say yes first. Then the Division One Council on September 16th will give the thumbs up or down to it. Uh, also, uh, there will be another planning event October 13th or 14th, just in case they have to approve any necessary tweaks or changes to the schedule if enough has happened between September 16th and October 13th. Okay. So that's what they're going to do. Uh, also, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, uh, they want to keep the size of the tournament still at 68 teams. There's been a lot of pushback from some coaches. Frank Haith, the former Penn State assistant, who's now the head coach at Tulsa, wanted to see 96 
I don't blame Frank at 96. You'd be in. <laughs> but they say they want to keep it at... Um, they want to keep it at 68 teams. Yeah, 96 is a little excessive. I don't even like 68, to be honest with you. I liked it when it was 64. Well, yeah, they did that to... They did that to accommodate more at-large teams. Yeah, by doing that, you can get four more at-large teams in there. By doing that at 68. Because, look, the four at-large teams are actually going to draw ratings and fans as opposed to, no offense, Stephen F. Austin which is a good team, but they don't draw any ratings. You don't sit there and go, hey, Stephen F. Austin's playing tonight. It's like Stephen F. Austin's playing Duke. Hey, Duke's playing. Who are they playing? Stephen F. Austin. That's the reality of that situation. But I would go, as of today, August 24th, I'd go with option one. I'd start on time the 29th, and I'd have the first game on November 10th. Uh, On September 24th, I may have a different opinion. On October 24th, I may have a different opinion. But you know what? Maybe I have the same opinion. And I go back to what I said, what, on July 24th, things were bad, you know, seemingly bad. And I said, well, gee, why don't, let's just see how everything is on, a, on August 24th. Well, guess what? On August 24th, they're a lot better, aren't they, in most areas. That's why. That's why you. That's why I was in favor of just like this. You know, let's just see how it plays out. Now I wasn't in the room to know what was discussed. So I want to be fair. There, I wasn't a part. Of, they certainly didn't ask my opinion. <laughs> The suit never asked my opinion. I know that. But you know what the big difference is? I just tell him before he asks. (laughs) You people are awful. Did I ask for your opinion? No. That's exactly right. (laughs) Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And online, and you can always go online as well with Sunbury Motors at sunburymotors.com. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you.